The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's your chance to talk Ole Miss sports with Rebel Coaches and your host, Chuck Roundsville of the Ole Miss Spirit, covering Ole Miss sports for 35 years. Are you ready? We're ready. Are you ready? The lines are open at 888-808-8637. This way, fellas. Now, let's talk Ole Miss sports with Chuck. Howdy, tiny Rebel Nation. Welcome to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. I'm Chuck, and tonight I got Mr. Ben Garrett co-hosting with me. Yancey Porter's in Jackson speaking to a Rebel Club meeting about the upcoming signing day. Uh, uh, ben, what's happening, brother? Nothing much. What do you think insight Yancey imparts on those people when he's at a speaking engagement? Oh, Can you imagine just sitting there listening to Yancey talk to you about something <laughs> expert? Yeah, that's, no, that's not true. <laughs> Yancey, he's like me when he goes to these speaking engagements. It's not that you give information, it's that you entertain. Yeah, just tell really inappropriate <laughs> jokes. I've been there for a few of those. Yeah, inappropriate jokes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, you know, there's something about being there in person, too, that people like. I don't I don't know. Um, I think Mike Bianco's probably the real draw there, though. Oh, yeah. Right. But they want to know recruiting news. Don't think they yeah, don't. That's true. <laughs> oh, signing day. I guess like a week away now, isn't it? Yeah, Good grief. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a lot going on in Ole Miss athletics, obviously. Uh, certainly uh, Lane Kiffin has rounded out his staff, added uh, since we were on the air last week, Deke Adams as a defensive line coach. Was at Mississippi State last year. 
Prior to that, he'd been at South Carolina and several other schools. He uh, coached Jadavian Clowney, and I'm, I would imagine it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if him being hired had anything to do with DeMond No, it, it didn't have anything to do with DeMond. DeMond was a complete Chris Partridge recruit. That okay. The story behind DeMond is his head coach in high school, he was formerly on the staff of Harbaugh's at Michigan when Partridge was on the same staff, so they were assistants together. Ah, yeah, okay. That's how they got in on that. I guess it's just a happy coincidence that Deke Adams, uh, what is what is DeMond, his uh, Jadavian's cousin? Cousin, yeah. Uh, so a happy coincidence Even that Adams. still, you're, you're a historian of Ole Miss athletics, Ole Miss football especially. When's the last time Ole Miss had the next year after whatever, just – Brought in as two new staffers, Mississippi State, former Mississippi State assistants. You got Terrell Buckley and you got um, Deke, and you could potentially have Pat Austin come back. Mm-hmm. Can you remember the last time former Mississippi State coaches ended up at Ole Miss on staff? I don't remember. Yeah, any. I, can't I can remember when some of ours would, <laughs> well, yeah. would go over there, but I, I, I don't remember any. I'm sure there have been. Uh, baseball had some scrimmages over the weekend. We'll talk about that later. Uh, obviously, what has Eli Manning retiring was a big deal Mm. last week. Uh, And the men's basketball team will have Kermit Davis at 630. uh, Finally broke through in the SEC. Yeah, I I know it's been tough, and um, it's not been fun to watch all that much. But don't forget, against LSU, against Arkansas, they were positioned to win both of those games. Two quad one wins that Mm. if they win those games, yeah, they're still on the outside looking in as far as the postseason, but they're not so far off to where you just don't consider them. They're three and three. Yeah. Because Georgia going into that game on Saturday, mm-hmm. they were they were already a, like a bubble team in consideration for Joe Lenardi, even though they were one and four in the league. So the SEC is going to present you opportunities. They'd be thir- three and three after Georgia. Georgia's mm-hmm. a good team. So this team does have talent, and it's there. We thought it was going to snowball for them to stop it in Georgia. I thought was important because they also did Georgia feature the potential number one overall pick in the twenty twenty NBA draft. All right, what's on tap? Brought to you by the Library Sports Bar, home of Monday Night Football on the huge screen, Oxford's most popular watering hole on the square. 120 South, oh, never mind. You know where the library is. Everybody knows where the library is. We'll have David Johnson going to come on at 615 and give us a little bit of a recruiting update, and then Kermit Davis Jr. at 630. Hang tight. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new roads. 
If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT Geo 5.6 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT Geo 5.6 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. While Mississippi universities compete at football, when it comes to cutting-edge research, they need to work together. That's why CSpire linked our state's leading research universities together with a 100 gigabit per second fiber infrastructure, working in support of the Mississippi Optical Network. Through the CSpire tech movement, we're empowering schools and universities with the technology to help them lead research and development for a better future. Learn more at cspire.com/mission. The farm provides us with many things, and it means many things. From crops to cattle, poultry, and timber, the farm is vital to our everyday lives. It's a place to enjoy the outdoors and where many traditions are born. Whatever the farm means to you, let First South Farm Credit finance it. We're ready to help you make your dream of land ownership or farming your own land a reality. Visit FirstSouthland.com, equal housing lender. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Let's go to the control room now with Mr. Jack Schultz and Ole Miss Sports News. Take it away, Rhino. It's time now for Ole Miss Sports News, brought to you by Rebel Rags on Jackson Avenue, Oxford. Tell them about it, Molly. Rebel Rags, anything, everything, Ole Miss. The Rebel basketball team finally won its first conference game of the season on the road at Georgia on Saturday, 70-60. Brian Tyree led the way, scoring 20 points with four assists and four rebounds. Hadim C. contributed 16 points with four rebounds as well. K.J. Buffin and Blake Henson added 14 points and nine points respectively. The Ole Miss defense had its best game of the new year, forcing 16 turnovers and holding the Bulldogs to just 30% shooting from the floor. The schedule this week is going to be tough, though, for Kermit Davis's squad. They host number 16 Auburn tomorrow night at 8 p.m. before they travel to number 22 LSU for an 11 a.m. tip on Saturday. In football news, Lane Kiffin announced the hiring of Deke Adams as the Rebels' new defensive line coach. Adams, a 24-year coaching veteran, spent the 2019 season in the same position at Mississippi State. In tennis, the men are off to a 5-1 start, including a top-20 win over number 12 Illinois over the weekend. Sophomore Simon Yonk clinched the win for Ole Miss, delivering back-to-back aces to set up his match point in the third and final set. The women's team is 3-1 after a tough loss to number 15 Michigan, but claimed a 4-0 defeat over Utah on Sunday. Finally, the women's track and field team is ranked number 20 in the Week 1 national rankings. Lots happening around Oxford. That's the latest Ole Miss news. Back to you guys. All right, thank you, Jack. Good job as usual. Uh, ben, you cover baseball better than anybody out there. Aww. And uh, they had their first scrimmages over the weekend. 
obviously you had a little sick little girl and you couldn't go this weekend, but I called Carl Lafferty and got a few little, just some highlights. They don't give out a lot of stats in the fall, I mean in the preseason. They don't give out box scores anymore. Right, box scores. Uh, But apparently uh, the freshman (laughs) offensively uh, really showed out. Trailer Fleur, two home runs. Cade Sammons, a home run, a couple of stolen bases. Jerrion Ely, a couple of hits and a stolen base. Catcher Hayden Dunhurst, two doubles, uh, th- threw out three runners trying to steal. Um, infielder Peyton Chatney, double and a home run. That's swinging the lumber. It's great. I think uh, my biggest takeaway from it is Cade Sammons and Peyton Chatney, both of which had really strong falls, have hit the ground running here in the spring, even though it's January spring for baseball. And um, Cade was an interesting case because he had surgery, um, kind of a knee cleanup, a meniscus thing. Um, and he was kind of set back for the fall, and everyone's wondering, are you going to be back where you are or where you were in the fall when you're so strong? And he has. He's hit the ground running, hit a home run. And um, Trey LaFleur hitting two home runs, he's always had power potential. That was a player they thought they were going to lose to the Los Angeles Dodgers in the MLB draft. He got drafted in the 21st round. They and he didn't he have a great fall. And he didn't have a great fall. So to have that now, that gives you another option because mm-hmm. he can play an outfield corner, he can play first, throw it a little bit as a pitcher. That's going to be a big piece. And that's the most interesting thing because, yes, Peyton Chatagnier was good in the fall. Kate Sammons was good in the fall. But Connor Walsh, one of the most highly ranked prospects, their signees, he didn't have a good fall. Trey LaFleur, one of their highest-ranked signees, he didn't have a good fall. So there's the potential for mm-hmm. other guys to come. Maybe they're late-arriving guys as far as their production, but they can come along, and this team will have depth. It'll be young. But they have real depth where that 2016 class, Thomas Diller, Greg Kessinger, all they had to play. Yeah. These guys, you just need a few of them because you do have a lot of veterans. Granted, Doug Casey is a sophomore, but you get it, veterans that have played and produced across the diamond. Offensively, uh, Anthony Stravideo was the, the one veteran that was pointed out to me, had a double, triple, stolen base, mm-hmm. and he played good D at shortstop. So I'm, I'm excited about that. On the mound, what you would expect, Hoagland, <laughs> Nikhazy, Greer Holston. But what I didn't expect was uh, praise for Braden Forsythe, yeah. a kid from Coldwater via Meridian Community College, a 6'3", 205-pound right-hander. What do you know about him? They've been talking him up. Uh, he had a good fall, and they've been talking him up as a potential um, middle relief option for a little while now. But they like him a lot. He's got a, uh, a high pitch plane, and that fastball plays heavy. Um, I wanted to mention something. You brought up Gunner. You brought up Doug. Both of those guys have added pitches. Doug's now a four-pitch pitcher. He's worked on a tighter kind of curve slider-looking deal. Um, but Gunner, his slider, it was deadly in the fall, and he's continued to develop it and refine it. And I've been told by a number of different people, that's the toughest pitch anybody's throwing right now. So if Gunner, because you remember, he had his ups and downs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an ERA well over five uh, as a freshman, but he started 16 times. This is a guy that still has a lot of upside as far as what he can be. So, yes, this is what he was as a freshman, but the ceiling is through the roof for this guy. I mean, th- just because he did that last year does not mean he can't go out and give Ole Miss with Doug Nicasey a dynamic one-two punch that even when you're facing Louisville, who has eight All-Americans in the first weekend of the season, when you have pitching like that, and if yeah. Gunner takes a step, it completely changes the game. Yeah. All right, little baseball update there. Uh, got about two or three minutes before the break, and i, I got to say something. You know, obviously what dominated – the news yesterday and today mm-hmm. was uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven other people perishing in a helicopter crash. And, you know, I, I, I'm not an NBA guy, okay? I, I wasn't a fan of necessarily a fan of Kobe Bryant. 
I kind of gave it up when Larry Bird and Magic Johnson hung it up after their epic battles. That kind of ages me, too. Uh, but I like greatness, okay? Mm-hmm. I like Arnold Palmer, Roger Federer, uh, Tom Brady, Derek Jeter. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, uh, Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas. You know, I, I like greatness. And it's Kobe Bryant certainly qualified for greatness, even if I wasn't a fan of his. He, he had it. You know, and, and, and that's what's sad, but what's even more sad is children passed away in that wreck. One of his own. And, uh, it, it's a, it's, it's tough. It's a horrific thing, a tragedy. For my generation, Kobe was everything. I mean, he inspired all. I, I was not a basketball player, but Kobe spoke to us in many different ways. And I sobbed like a baby yesterday. I fully admit, I'll tell people because it hit me. Like, I, I, all of y'all have done that. Like, you're older than me. And there's been that moment, that guy for you has hit you. And it's tragic and it's awful, but Kobe always said um, he would rather not be considered a failure because for him, facing failure is worse than death, and he was one of the greatest of all time. He never faced failure. Well, I kind of felt that long time ago when Thurman Munson, mm-hmm. the catcher for the Yankees, you know, which I am a Yankee fan, and then John Lennon uh, when he yeah. was shot. It, it affected me that way, and, and it affected me that way yesterday. Anyway, uh Prayers go out to his family and all those who love Kobe Bryant and his and his daughter and all the, the people the on, worst. The, on the helicopter. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, buy a new road. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. While Mississippi universities compete at football, when it comes to cutting-edge research, they need to work together. That's why CSPIRE linked our state's leading research universities together with a 100 gigabit per second fiber infrastructure, working in support of the Mississippi Optical Network. Through the CSPIRE tech movement, we're empowering schools and universities with the technology to help them lead research and development for a better future. Learn more at cspire.com mission. Avanakin's Diamond is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. Avanakin's Mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow. When you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love, but most of all, say it with Avanakin's Diamond because you know she's worth it. Avanakin's Jewelers Store Downtown New Albany or VanAkins.com. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. 
All right, welcome back. Cannon Motors, Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Now we're joined with uh, Mr. David Johnson, the 247 Network, Old Miss Spirit. Uh, David, you've been covering recruiting like a, a hawk, buddy. Like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, and uh, obviously you put out a bunch of information today, but give us a little general recap of what's going on. Give, give me a two-minute recap right here. Yeah, you know, you got the coaching staff out on the road. As expected, there is a big home visit uh, going to take place tonight. In fact, it could be going down right now as we speak. Lane Kiffin and uh, new defensive line coach Deke Adams and uh, defensive backs coach Terrell Buckley walking into the living room tonight of McKinley Jackson, who is the four-star defensive tackle that most believe uh, is going to end up in Alabama. But uh you know, the Rebels are fighting it all the way across the goal line for McKinley Jackson. So uh, Kiffin going to use his in-home with the uh, probably the most coveted guy on their list uh, tonight uh, to see if you can kind of sway that tide a little bit and uh, maybe point McKinley Jackson towards staying in state and maybe, uh, maybe playing his college football at Ole Miss. Of course, he's a defensive tackle, and uh, that is a major position of need for this class. And uh, – he would just be a huge part of it. Now, I'm certainly not going to promise anything right now. I think he's going to Alabama, but uh, Lane and his um, two most recent hires on his coaching staff, again, Deke Adams and Terrell Buckley, going in tonight to try to change his mind. That's probably the biggest thing going on right now. Uh, uh, most of the offensive staff down in the state of Florida today, they're doing an in-home with Henry Parrish, the four-star running back commit. Uh, they'll also go in and uh, – and see if they can't tie some knots on these three receivers from the Sunshine State that uh, they very much would like, and that's Mark Britt, Malachi Weidman, and Leonard Manuel. Uh, DJ Durkin, uh, he and uh, Terrell Buckley at some point today went in to see Darren Branch, the cornerback out of uh, Louisiana that is committed to Ole Miss right now, but coming off a weekend official to Georgia. Uh, Branch will be on the Oxford campus this weekend. I feel pretty good about him, Chuck, to be honest with you. Uh, I think they'll uh, shore everything up with him either to tonight or when he gets here this weekend. And this weekend is going to be the biggest of the, of course, it's the final one, the biggest of the visitation weekends. You're looking for, what, 10 to 15 players in? You know, we could probably, you know, the latest intel I'm able to get, we could probably shave that number down to probably 8 to 10. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's something a little bit different than what we're used to with official visit weekends here at Ole Miss. It seems like they've always had that one weekend where they'll bring in 18, 20 or so guys. Uh, and the one thing I've noticed about Lane Kiffin and his staff is they operate surgically. Uh, you know, if there's a chance, they're going to invest a lot of time in the kid, but they're not going to bring in a lot of uh, spitballs, so to speak. So when you see a kid coming to Oxford, I think they truly believe that they have a shot at getting that kid. It's kind of cut down the numbers. We had three official visitors this past weekend, six the weekend before. And, uh, you know, if I had to put a number on it this weekend, I'd probably set that at nine. Uh, what is coming weekend? David, who, how many do you expect them to sign on signing day? I mean, there's like 13 slots in there. Yeah, but do you expect and, uh, them to fill all of them? And, you know, what's, what's I, your breakdown? Chuck, I don't. Uh, I, I think there is a, a strategy there where they are going to intentionally save two or three spots and maybe re examine the transfer portal come this May uh, because. 
guys all over the country will be going through spring practice. They'll kind of be learning their fate at their respective schools in terms of where they land on the depth chart, where they are in the pecking order, so to speak. And there are going to be fresh faces in that transfer portal come May. And uh, I think you're going to see the staff probably, they signed 12 in December. They've got two transfers and two commits, uh, or, you know, that you expect to sign before then. I would think, uh, I would think probably seeing this class settle at around 22, 23 kids, uh, uh, when it's all said and done in February. And they'll hang on to a few spots again to look at that NCAA transfer portal in the spring. What's your feel on how Lane Kiffin is going to try to utilize the JUCO uh, market, particularly with JUCOs being so abundant in the state of Mississippi? Yeah, I think I think he's certainly going to be uh, very much engaged uh, with junior college recruiting. You know, when he uh, when he had his introductory press conference, he kind of laid it all out. And I, I know you were there, and you recall this. You know, kind of like you know, player management in the NFL. You got the guys on your roster. You got the the, the guys who are like your draft picks coming in out of high school. Then you've got transfers and JUCO guys that. Uh, you know, you, you, you kind of look like, you know, guys who are a free agent, so to speak. And, uh, I think Lane Kiffin is going to utilize every single thing at his disposal. And being here in a, as you mentioned, a Juco rich state like Mississippi, uh, of course, you, you, you've got to turn an eye to that. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, that'll be a big part in this recruiting moving ahead. I don't think you necessarily build a program off Juco recruiting. Uh, you, you patch programs up, you fill holes off JUCO recruiting, uh, you build from the high school ranks. I still think that'll be his primary focus, of course, but uh, yeah, I think I think Lane's going to use everything. Hey, David, it's Ben. Good to hear from you, my friend. Uh, Robert Scott flipped from Ole Miss to Florida State, and offensive linemen in this class don't have a lot of them. How many are they going to sign? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a very good question right there. I think, uh, you know, they're bringing in obviously Cedric Benson, the, the kid that's committed to Arizona this coming weekend. Uh, I think he elevates to priority status now in light of, uh, Robert Scott's living to Florida State earlier today. Uh, I'm not convinced they're going to take two right now because the immediate need on the offensive line if you will, and this this won't fully be answered until after spring practice, but just looking ahead, you think they need a third tackle. And that third tackle, I'm not talking about a third tackle from the high school ranks that needs to come in here and spend a year in strength and conditioning. They're going to need a third tackle for depth uh, depth reasons come this fall. And, and that makes you think that they're going to look at the transfer portal for a potential guy or, you know, a late qualifier from the JUCO ranks. And that goes back to what I said about hanging on to a couple of spots for, you know, things that might happen in May, so to speak. Uh, new entries into the portal, JUCO guys that become eligible, things of that nature. Uh, but I, I don't necessarily think or believe they're going to take two more high school offensive tackles in this class. I think one for sure. I think that guy that they set their sights on is Cedric Melton. Uh, but uh, I, I think any other action you're going to see on O-line recruiting is probably going to come late spring. Last question, and we got to make this quick, David. Um, there was some concern, not concern, but some people, uh, fans and, and writers and things that were saying to me, hey, uh, uh, when's he going to get a Mississippi guy? Well, he, he kind of uh-huh. flipped and, and, and got Derek Nix, retained him. Or, or rehired him, and then he got Deke Adams, and he got Terrell Buckley. So I think he's covered in Mississippi now, don't you? 
Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, when you talk about guys who are connected inside the state, uh, the first guy that pops in my mind is Derek Nix. And, uh, of course, Derek about to enter his 13th season here at Ole Miss. Uh, he knows the geography inside the state well. And then the addition, as you mentioned, of Deke Adams and um, Terrell Buckley. And Buckley, of course, his name and reputation precedes himself. It's going to get him inside a lot of living rooms. I love how Lean has set up uh, – recruiting in the state of Mississippi. And there are some, uh, I think there are some Bulldogs that are a little worried about their former coaches being up here because uh, both those guys, really good recruiters in Mississippi State, no reason not to think it won't carry on. David, thank you a lot, buddy. Appreciate you, okay. man. Chuck, Ben, thank right. y'all. See you, buddy. David Johnson. Uh, Let me ask you something. Yeah. He's talking about offensive linemen and a third offensive tackle. Who are the starters, Nick Broker and who, on the offensive line? Uh, 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 he's going to move the guard. Royce uh, Newman? Yeah, okay. Royce Newman to tackle. So who's uh, so Jalen Cunningham starting at left guard? Yeah, oh. Jalen Cunningham left guard, and then Jeremy James at, at this point is the third tackle. Okay, the red shirt freshman. So Royce at right, and Nick Broker, who's an NFL talent uh, at left. Yeah, all right, they'll be they all right, as long as they stay healthy. That, that's the problem, though. You get into the in the health. first year of uh, Hugh Freeze. You know why they were so successful outside of Bo Wallace? Stay healthy. Their their starting five offensive linemen started them every single game. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Rebel Equipment. Over 50 years of serving the Memphis area with all your equipment needs. Located at 4890 East Shelby Drive, you can rent, buy, or have repaired your own equipment at Rebel Equipment. Old Miss legend Eli Manning retired from the NFL mm. after a stellar Hall of Fame career with the New York Giants that produced two Super Bowl titles and two Super Bowl MVP awards. There's not much more to say about that except congratulations on a great career, Eli, and thanks for the memories. Good luck moving forward with your young family. But I want to share something with y'all that I haven't told too many people. When Eli was a sophomore, making his first start of his college career in the fall opener of 2001 against Murray State, I was standing on the sideline with then-Loyalty Foundation Executive Director George Smith, who cut his teeth in the coaching profession and was an offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for years. On Eli's first pass against the overmatched racers, Manning threw a down-out-down pattern down the Rebel sideline to his third or fourth read on that play. I'll never forget George grabbing me by the shoulders, and he excitedly said, Chuck, hang on for the ride, boy. You're going to get a prime seat for the college career of a future NFL Hall of Famer. I laughed at him. I said, "What? what are you, you've seen him throw one pass. He said, did you not see that pass? I said, yeah, I saw it. He said, did you not see how calm he was? Did you not see that arm? Did you not see his reaction after the completion? He just lined up for another play. Did you not see that that was his fourth read on that play? This kid's got it, and you better get used to it. After one pass in his first start, I was tipped off of things to come, and I never forgot that. Guess what? George Smith was right on the money. Eli Manning will be a Hall of Famer in the NFL and should be in the College Hall of Fame as well. Thanks for the memories, Easy e Thanks for the heads up, George Smith. No Ole Miss Rebel should ever wear 10 again after Eli. That's right. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Rebel Equipment in Memphis, Tennessee. We'll be right back 
after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back. Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. We're very pleased now to have the head coach for the men's basketball team of the Ole Miss Rebels coming off of a, a much-needed win at Georgia, 70-60. Uh, to 60. Um, Mr. Kermit Davis, Jr. Hey, Coach, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Chuck. You doing all right? A lot better now, aren't you? <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, we needed, to, needed to feel the winning locker room spirit again, and uh, it was good. I, you know, I had... I knew it was coming. Our, our team was playing better, and you know we didn't weren't great at Tennessee, obviously. But I thought our team maintained a good practice. You know, and finally we got Brian some help, you know, scoring wise, and that makes a big difference. You know, Coach. Uh, it, it, sometimes it seems to me, for the fifty years I've been following sports, that teams have to learn how to win. They they, they just don't automatically know how to win, and it seemed like this team had some good leads in the second half in two or three games and just for some reason didn't know how to win or, or something to that nature. How, how do you do deal with that as a coach? Well, you know, I mean, it's one of those things that you've been on the side of a lot of wins. And last year our team showed a lot of toughness in some games. And, you know, you're right. I mean, it's, it's all different. You know, we got four guys back from that team last year. So we got nine new guys and, and that's a lot of new guys, but, you know, we, we showed a lot of resilience in the win against Penn State, came back against Memphis, couldn't get over the hump. You know, I, I really think it boils down a lot to, you know, Brian Tyree making plays without the ball in his hands down the stretch, Devontae Shooter getting timely stops, and uh, you're right. And so maybe that's – some of that is confidence, you know, that you closed out a game. And so uh, I knew we, we had – you know, we've been a good practice team, Chuck, but – we did. We had a little pep in our step on on Sunday morning. We went twice and uh, filmed and weights and came back. And it's, it's just a good feeling for those guys. You know, we're not nearly where we want to be, but you know, we got a lot of great opportunities ahead of us. Hey, Kermit's Ben, um, Bryce Williams. I know if you look at the box score, eight points did make three of his four shots. I think two or three threes. You wouldn't think that that was a huge impact, but twenty six minutes. The steal was crucial. And I know you were without without him for a couple of games there because he was hurt. But offensively, you talked about having other options. What can he bring now that he's back contributing in a full-time capacity? What can he bring to be a second, third option to Brian, who's bringing it every night? Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. I mean, you know, obviously he was so instrumental. He had 17 points and beat Penn State. And, and then Bryce was just trying to figure out the toughness part of being able to guard. And, and then about the time he was really practicing well, 
he had to grow an injury and missed, you know, a couple of weeks, and that hurt our team. And uh, so good to have him back. He's, he's, he's soft. He's very athletic. He can shoot. Uh, he's probably our best passer on our team. And uh, people haven't really got a chance to really see that yet. I just think he's going to really, really, you know, just evolve into a really good role and play in 25, 28 minutes a game uh, down the stretch. And uh, I think he'll be a big, big plus for us in February. Kermit, what's the uh, what's the uh, I don't want to say drawbacks or disadvantages, but I mean that's basically you're playing six guys essentially, um, and you're used to playing eight or nine. What's the difference? How do you, how do you balance those minutes and get the maximum out of each kid and without wearing them out? Yeah, you know I think this though, you know you've got you've got NBA teams that play eighty two games and a hundred games. These guys are 18 to 21 years old. <laughs> I mean, two games a week. I mean, 35 minutes a game. Guys ought to be able to handle that as long as they stay healthy. You know, uh, in a perfect world, some of my really good Middle Tennessee teams, I've played as many as 11. And i played nine. You know, but right now, we just we can't seem to get Austin Crowley to impact a game as a freshman or Sammy Hunter to impact a game as a, as a freshman. And so, you know, those guys, but we need them to be better. And uh, we're going to keep plugging along and they'll be in our eight-man rotation. But, you know, the biggest thing, we've got to manage Chuck's foul trouble. And, you know, when a team gets a foul, take him out, they didn't have a couple minutes. Can he play smart with two fouls? Can KJ finish games with three fouls? Can Brian play with three? And so sometimes you only need about seven as long as they stay healthy, you know, until some other guys come around. Kerm, you mentioned it after the game that that was the Hadim C y'all signed and thought you were going to get from day one. He was active, engaged, not just offensively, defensively too, authoring shots at the rim. What difference does that make? I mean, it feels like it completely changes who y'all are uh, on the floor on a consistent basis when he's out there, not getting in foul trouble, engaged, the body language, all that stuff is right. Yep, it's no question. He, you know, he he missed a lot of opportunities around the rim that he should have made. You know, he could have had easily you know, 22, 23 points. But, uh, but two, his rim protection, his verticality plays is outstanding. He made some unbelievable plays. And every game that we're in in the SEC, when he's on the floor, defensively we're so much better. And uh, But, you know, obviously he's battled foul trouble. And, uh, but I was, you know, he's going to have his hands for tomorrow night with Wiley. He's got to be smart, play smart. You know, there's an art. There's a lot of guys that can play really smart and be effective with two and three fouls and even play with four fouls. So, those are the things that he's got to learn. But, yep, he makes us a different team. People are going to roll their eyes when I say this, but it's true because I looked at the numbers. Georgia entered that game on Saturday, 1-4 and four in the league, um, and they were right there in the bubble conversation still because of the strength of the league. And last year, if you got 10 wins in this league, you got to the NCAA tournament. Not saying that Ole Miss is there yet, but when you look at the resume, you had to get the first one, but all those quad one opportunities are still coming. They're still in front of you. And I know you're taking a three-game, one-game at a time, or three-day, one-game-at-a-time approach to it, but the opportunities are there, and that's something you, you've talked about at length before. Yep. I mean, with, with 12 games remaining and you're in a Power 5 league like the SEC, you're never out of the conversation. And that's the beauty about our league. And so, you know, we just we just got to keep battling. We've got another. We got, I mean, you think about it. I mean, we've had an unbelievable schedule, really have. Mm-hmm. Georgia has, too. But, you know, this will be, you know, you got a week with Auburn and LSU and two teams that, are ranked and you know so you got two great opportunities and that'd be two quadrant one wins if you're fortunate enough to play well enough to win so you 
You know, we have one in Penn State. We've had a couple opportunities go by with Arkansas and LSU. But our, our team is competitive. I, I, we're going to be fine. We just got to keep we got to keep doing what we're doing and uh, take it one game at a time. I know that's a coach's cliche, but you're right. We got all kind of opportunities ahead of us. Auburn's one of the best teams in the league. What's the scout from your vantage point of Auburn? Yeah, you know, it's veteran. I mean, you never see a team that has that many veteran guys. I mean, fifth-year seniors, uh, they've got, you know, their freshmen are coming off the bench and playing roles, and they play nine guys. They're physical. Obviously, they, you know, Bruce's team shot the ball for three so well last year. They haven't shot it as well lately, but they're always capable. It's the same thing when you play Bruce's team. Bunch of turnovers are keys. Uh, defensive transition. Make them run half-court offense. You know, last year we beat them twice, and uh, and we limited them to 61 points a game combined for both games. So we made them run half-court offense, and that's what we got to do tomorrow. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounded like there was some relief after the game on Saturday because you knew that what this team was capable of to get that win. What was the relief like um, in the locker room after the game? Could you sense it that these guys were just the pressure of the world was off their shoulders? Yeah, but, you know, they, they never really felt the pressure. I, maybe they did. I just told them, I said, God, this is play with joy, joy in our heart. We love the game. Play it and just be positive next play. And, and they did that. They they know our team is fine. You know, it's, it, we knew it was going to be a tough five out of seven on the road stretch. And uh, it wasn't a, a joyous – I mean, it wasn't one of these locker rooms that was overjoyed. They just sat there. They, they, they I really believe this. They expected to win. And uh, – and I really do. I think we'll come out and play and play well tomorrow. I know it's going to be tough, but but uh, but I, I don't know. If it's, I guess maybe it was some relief. Probably more relief for the head coach than more the players. <laughs> you know, and the coach is always worried. He thinks about it far too much. You know, more than the players for sure. Kermit, though, I was watching the game and and up forty to twenty nine, and then real quick it was forty three forty two Georgia and. Uh, you know, I kind of got a, a sinking feeling like, oh, gosh, here we go again, you know, because we've kind of been there before. What was the difference in your mind that it wasn't here we go again? Just how we guarded Chuck down the stretch. We guarded dribble penetration better. And, and then we just made timely shots. You know, I mean, our, our guys moved the ball. But I really think defending late. We protected the ball. We didn't have any turnovers really late. Late game free throws we made. Just, just what a team will do to close out games, you know. But you're right. That, that was that was the most impressive thing for me for our team. Yeah, it's forty twenty nine. They came back, and then our team held tight, you know, and and just kind of closed out a game. And they had a great. I tell you one thing, you got to give Georgia fans a lot of credit. Mm. When you think about it now, they have they are three and sixteen. They're three and twenty or three and twenty one in SEC games in the last year and a half. And that place there wasn't a seat available. Wow. So, I mean, that, that was good. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty cool now that those Georgia fans can do that. And uh, they stuck right there with Tom and, and their team. And, uh, you know, so that, that was good. And so I hope our fans will show up tomorrow night. But it made the road win even sweeter that it was a great crowd. I want to circle back quickly, Kerm, to Bryce and that dunk that's still um, – it hadn't been talked about enough, that feat of athleticism. And I know you don't want to put too much on one play, but, my God, it's a left-handed dunk over a dude who's like three or four inches taller than him. That was insane. Oh, he's so athletic. His hands are so big. He can hold a ball for a point guard like like a 6'11 guy can. And the, I mean, if the fans hadn't really seen scratch the surface, we thought it was going to happen a lot sooner, Chuck, you know, but sometimes junior college guys, y'all have seen it, and I've had them at middle for a long time. It, 
about right now that starts to kick in. But he is so athletic, and we just got to get him playing more downhill. And you're going to see some more spectacular plays from him for sure. Kermit, final question. The uh, basketball world yesterday got a shock wave with uh, the untimely death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven other people in the helicopter. As a basketball guy, uh, you know, you're in the profession. I'm, I'm sure you've probably even met Kobe Bryant. What was your reaction to that terrible news? Well, it was, it was shocking for everybody. You know, after practice today, we showed a five-minute video of Kobe. And not only just his, he showed some great plays, but his testimony, what he was about. You know, you hate it. You can only imagine what he felt with his daughter, you know, and in that helicopter crash, whether it was a sudden impact or whatever. And you just feel for his family. Uh, but I told our guys, I said, you know, the Lord works in so mysterious ways is that you just got to feel blessed that we had it for 41 years. Obviously, his talent and his greatness on the court speaks. You know, it always seemed to me, Chuck, was his class and dignity. How he showed up to the arena, how he showed up in press conferences, how he held himself. He had such class. He just reeked dignity. And uh, and I just, I, I really enjoyed him and whether you can debate who's the best player and all that kind of stuff, I don't think it mattered to him. We were so lucky to have him and be able to watch him. And he affected so many guys in my locker room just for them guys growing up and watching him play. That's what I talked about, Kermit, is that for my generation, like Chuck, it was Michael and a bunch of Larry and Magic. For my generation, Kobe was it. He was the one that we all looked to, even guys like me who couldn't play basketball. Um, just the mentality, everyone's cliche, but the Mamba mentality and all that stuff. The dude was the quintessential competitor and that bled into all of us who just love sport and love that dude yeah he he was something you know he really was and it's uh it's amazing just the impact he's had across the world just not in our Mm -hmm. in our country and uh but too soon but like i said we're all so great that you know fortunate that we got a chance to watch him throughout his whole career eight o'clock tomorrow night Kermit, 8 tomorrow night against Auburn? 8 o'clock tomorrow night. We need everybody there, and I sure appreciate an unbelievable crowd. They were so instrumental in us beating Auburn last year. We had unbelievable student sections. So I hope to see a huge crowd there tomorrow night. Coach, thank you so much for your time as usual. Good luck tomorrow night, and uh, keep this string going. Thanks, Kermit. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck. See you, buddy. Thank you, Kermit. All right. Kermit Davis, Jr., uh, hopefully he can get his – Second SEC win mm. tomorrow night. It's a tough assignment for Auburn. Yeah, 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 but I'm not kidding. They've it's, had some problems, though, lately. Yeah, and here's here's the thing. And people are going to roll their eyes and go, oh, Ben and Chuck are being homers. I promise I'm not. The math is the math. It doesn't lie. And there are opportunities. And remember, this was a team coming in that everyone had high expectations for. And I know that the coaches and media preseason picked them to finish eighth, but that means they believe you to be a postseason contender. They don't know where to put you. You're not in the top four, but you could easily contend for the next four. And Ole Miss has not lost that. That's still there. They've underperformed across the board, and they've had some injury problems, all this stuff. But they showed against Georgia, which is a quality team. I know they were 1-4, but that team was already in the bubble discussion, still in the bubble discussion, had the number one overall pick in the 2020 uh, NBA draft coming up. Ole Miss still has it in it. Now can they put some wins together? If they get it tomorrow, then you start to go, okay, this might get real. This could get, this could get real. So Ole Miss fans, don't jump off the basketball train. If anything, you should be on at this point because there is still a chance to make this something. Well, there, there's a there's two or three 
what ifs I oh, mean, yeah. are, are conditions to what you're saying, though. Hadeem C. has to play has like to play. he played against to. Georgia. They don't have a backup five. No question. He has to play. I think Devontae Shuler has got to do more on offense. Even when they win 70 to 6, he was one for five from the floor. He, he's been, he's just not been he's, good he's been on offense. And he's been, now Kermit loves him on defense, and I understand why. I watch him and, and he makes things happen defensively, but he's got to be like he was last year. That's all. Even if you're only giving him 10 points a game, Impact the box score in other ways. Mm-hmm. Get your teammates involved. His assisted turnover. He's still in the top ten in the SEC in assisted turnover. In steals, he's impacting in the margins. But can you give them anything offensively? Yeah, yeah. You're under 70% from the free throw line. Yeah. A Man, guard shooting 62% from the no free throw No confidence line. is what that's like. And, and, you know, and I hate to be picking on him, but. He's a great kid. He's yeah. a great kid, and he, but he played so much better last year that the expectations are valid. Yeah, he came in here as an all-league potential caliber player. He just hadn't got it going. Exactly. Now, spacing has been an issue. That's something we had not talked enough about. Terrence Davis opened up the floor right. completely from the There's three. No question. And they haven't had that. Bryce Williams could give them that a little bit because yeah. they have to respect his perimeter well, shooting. He's got to, uh, the other key for me is Bryce Williams has got to play like he did Saturday, too. He's got to come Bring off the bench yeah. and, and give him 10 points or 8 points. And, you know. That still changed the whole game now. That no locked question. it up. No question. Because when he got that steal in a left-handed dunk over a dude who's like three or four inches taller than him, oh, my God. I mean, and and I don't want to be a defeatist here. I haven't given up on Crowley and Hunter, but I, I just don't see them developing this year the way we need them to. So they're going to be what you need them to be next year. That's right. So he's basically going to have to win with six guys. <laughs> he did it last year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe seven if you count these days. They did it last year. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. All right. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, thank you. Welcome back to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Hotline. Ben's over here. I'm, I'm thanking Ben. He's acting like he's John Bonham over here on the uh, death drum. Uh, I'm honoring the late, great Neil Pert. You know, that's uh, what I'm doing. I thought you were trying to imitate Bonzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, at least you got somebody here that can talk to you about classic rock instead of that idiot who just, you know, if it's not fish or widespread <laughs> panic, doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, so uh, 8 o'clock tomorrow night yeah. in the pavilion. God, I hate these Saturday-Tuesday turns. And Ole Miss is on the Saturday-Tuesday schedule all this time. And here's something really bad about the SEC scheduling for Ole Miss basketball this year. Five of their first seven games on the road. 
On the road. Oh, that's every year. No, every year. Every year. Because remember, I think it was a couple years back, Ole Miss opened at home, and we were all like, oh, my God. Yeah. They opened at home because they never opened at home. 21 out of 24 <laughs> years now, I mean, they opened on the road it just in made... SEC play. And, and what's amazing to me is statistically when you look at that and you put a statistical formula against that, that's intentional. Yeah. It, it, it has to be. It can't be that many times without it being yeah. intentional. If, if, at, the, if, at this point, it feels like the SEC is trolling Ole Miss, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, here you go. We're just, we're just going to put you on the road again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and here's the thing in the SEC, in SEC basketball, if you can go 500 on the road, you have done great work. That's right. It's so That's hard right. to win on the road. So you're automatically, for the most part, guaranteeing them a loss to start the year. That's right. That's right. Brutal. All right. Let's go to the control room. Jack Schultz around the SEC. Take it away, Rhino. It's time for this week's report from around the SEC. Brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy, home of the Ugly Mug Coffee and TCBY Yogurt. Located next to the library on Bramlett Boulevard. The SEC basketball season is a third of the way over already. LSU is the only unbeaten team remaining in conference play at 6-0. Kentucky is just behind at 5-1. And, and only Vanderbilt remains winless. Four teams sit in a tie for third place at 4-2. The conference is currently 500 in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, now 5-5 five five in those games. Auburn won a high-scoring affair, 80-76 over Iowa State on Saturday, and LSU stole a close one in Austin, 69-67 over Texas. While those games were certainly thrilling, Kentucky stole the show with a 76-74 overtime win at number 18 Texas Tech, ending the Red Raiders' 54-game home non-conference win streak dating back to 2013. A few SEC teams were on the other end of some heartbreakers. Mississippi State lost by one at Oklahoma, and Tennessee hung around at Kansas but fell 74-68. to Games to watch this week are Mississippi State traveling to Florida tomorrow night to break up the middle of the pack in the conference standings. Then on Saturday, one of the biggest games of the year in Auburn, number 13 Kentucky at number 17 Auburn. In football news, Ed Orgeron hired Bo Pelini as his new defensive coordinator today. Pelini returns to Baton Rouge after holding the same position there from 2005 to 2007. After his time at LSU, he served as the head coach at Nebraska from 2008 to 2014, and then at Youngstown State from 2015 until this week. That's the latest news around the SEC. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate it. I wonder how Bo Pelini is going to fit in with Ed Ogeron. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that, like... that took me by surprise. I don't think it a lot. I mean... Oh, God. It seems so combustible, but, hey, it worked. I- I'm fascinated to know because, look, you and I, we don't like Ed Ogeron. It's hard to forget what he did at Ole Miss yeah. and like it. So is he going to be Gene Chizik, who won a national championship and then completely flamed out and did nothing else in his Auburn career? Or is he going to be sustainable? Well, he's getting paid $7 million a year to find out. Yeah. And that's that's going to be fascinating to watch because LSU lost a lot. I'm not just talking coaching, coaching staff members. I mean, a lot of guys declared for the draft they didn't think were declaring, like Patrick McQueen declared. So, yeah, LSU lost a lot. Yeah. Well, but Bo Pelini, oh, my God. Yeah. In that, in that same coaching office, those two dudes to get – oh, my word. That's going to be fun to listen so to. So much Red Bull. <laughs> So much Red Bull. I love it. Uh, Before I do the good, bad, and ugly and wrap tonight up, give me just 30 seconds on your Eli Manning thought. Oh, okay. So I got one Eli Manning story, and uh, it's brief, so I'll tell Um, When I was in my first few months at the Spirit, um, you'd hired me and whatever. I'd come home from New Orleans, 
and uh, Jevin Snead was the quarterback. I wanted to do a Jevin Snead feature, and Jevin Snead at the time was getting talked up, not just, I think it was in the offseason, for the Heisman for next year and the potential number one pick. This was after that dynamic finish to the 2008 season. And I wanted to get some thoughts from Eli because he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in almost history, if not the greatest. And so I just put a put a, in a Hail Mary media request to the New York Giants. And I got a response, and they said he'll be calling you at 8 p.m. Central Time on this day. So I'm sitting there in my Shiloh uh, house, that little cookie-cutter house, waiting for Eli Manning to call me. And 8 p.m. flies by, and then it's like 8.30, 8.45. I was like, oh, God, it's not calling. And then he called, and he's apologizing to me at Ben Garrett, little Ben Garrett nobody, for being late to the call. Talked to me for 20 minutes. He's just, I know football is great. He's an even better dude. All right. Good story. The Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. If you need a four-wheeler or side-by-side, a lawnmower, Big Delta Power Sports is the only place to shop. Brett Rousey and his staff will give you a great deal on the model you want with affordable financing and competitive prices. That's Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. The Good, well, I can't emphasize enough how critical it was for the men's basketball team to snap their losing streak and get a win on the road against Georgia after losing their first five SEC games. Hadim C. came to life with 16 points and played more like what we've been anticipating all year. Brian Tyree was his usual self with 20 points. And K.J. Buffin kind of broke out of a little slump with 14 points on five of six shooting. Bryce Williams also came off the bench with eight key points. Key because we've been getting no production from the bench lately. If Kermit Davis Jr. can just get Devontae Shuler going in the right direction offensively, we could make some noise down the stretch. The bad, our condolences, of course, to the storied Brown family of Ole Miss football lore. Former All-American Alan Brown passed away after a battle with Alzheimer's. Um, condolences to their family. Ugly women's basketball right now. No need getting into it. It's just bad. The Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville, Mississippi. Thank you, Ben Garrett, for tonight. Thanks, Kermit Davis, Jr. Thanks, David Johnson. We'll see y'all next week on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yale Hotline. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.